Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, we got this sweet microphone right here. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast. October 20th. As you can hear, Matt Riddle is excited about his new gear. I, I, um, I feel like a real professional now. I got a microphone in my house and uh, I'm making some moves on the podcast world. I'm excited. You are. You are. People seem to like it. It's it's a very popular podcast on our members only section here at Fightful.com, obviously, guys. If you all somehow are seeing this without registering for Fightful.com, go over there and do that. We've got an exclusive story on the one, the only Hulk Hogan coming today. As well as another one on GSP, which we're going to talk about right now, Matthew. GSP declared himself a free agent this week. He said that the UFC offered him a fight with Robbie Lawler, and he was like, too bad, so sad, Robbie Lawler's hurt. Mm -hmm. My contract is null and void. You think he's getting away with that? I don't don't really know. You know, it's... I mean, I bet he could go fight somewhere and make money, but then the UFC might, like, ban him from ever fighting from the UFC. But he probably doesn't care, you know? So, I don't know. It, I think he wants to fight somebody worthwhile, and he knows the best competition, the most eyes will be on him in the UFC. But it, it's really unfortunate that we're in a time where, like, a uh, legend like GSP is willing to come back and fight one more time against a top-tier opponent and they won't just pay him what he's worth. It's basically like if they brought Hulk Hogan back to put the rock over, you know what I'm saying? And it's like yeah. if you bring GSP back, he's pro- he's a little older, he might lose, you know? And whoever so beats him is going to get that recognition. There, there's, like, so much to unpack in this entire situation. Like, it goes all the way back to July with the UFC sale. Um, apparently, Lorenzo Fertitta had a deal on the table for GSP, and he was like, well, let's just wait until the sale goes through. And apparently the people who bought the UFC said, no, we're good. Now the UFC has been laying off people left and right. First off, were you surprised by that, that, uh, 
by the fact that so many layoffs have happened this week. And I mean like Asian departments, Canadian departments, European departments. It looks like they're severely reducing the number of international events. Do you think that maybe because of that, they don't see the value in GSP anymore? No, I don't see that. I'll, I'll be completely honest. They clean house periodically every five years or so. You know, uh, usually you intern. You intern for free, so that's free employees. So they usually have – I remember when I was working there and probably like right before I was released, everybody that worked for the UFC, for like my buddy Greg and a, a lot of other people in the office – were just released and people that like literally took care of everything for me over the course of five years. He was with the company for however long, but they, they released uh, a lot of people and hired a bunch of new interns just to save money. And I, I don't think they're going to like, maybe they're pulling things back because they're at like full capacity right now, you know, but I think, I think they're pulling it back and they're probably bringing less talented people on board and they're going to pay them less, and, you know, that's the business model. So the presence in Canada over the last several years has been pretty rough. Like, that one show that GSP did at the Rogers Center against Jake Shields, their last, I think, last six shows haven't equaled the attendance at that place. He also sold out the Bell Center. Obviously, GSP, now that they don't have Rory McDonald especially, you would think that they need him for that growth in Canada, wouldn't you think, Matt? Well, it would definitely help, you know. The the thing with uh the UFC, they're kind of they're proud, you know. So like they it's kind of like the WWE or anybody else. They don't really need anybody. You know, like you, even if you're the best in the world, they have a lot of other world-class fighters that'll put on great fights in front of a million people and be happy, you know. But I think it would be great. I think it would be it's it's cash money. I think they're stupid for not just working with them. In two thousand, is a pretty legit guy. I've met him before. You know, I've cut some weight with him in the sauna, and he was nothing. He's a good guy. You know, so it's it's a little you know, especially when it comes to fight. He's always been on the level. You know. There was a period between about 2012 to 2014. Ronda Rousey hadn't really exploded yet. Conor McGregor wasn't what he was. John Jones wasn't the star that he could have been. And UFC really struggled on pay-per-view. That's when they instituted Fight Pass kind of in response to the WWE Network. But this year, the pay-per-view market has exploded for, for UFC. Conor McGregor is teasing an announcement after November or after UFC 205, you never know what that guy's going to do. He could either say, I signed a 40-fight contract or right off into the sunset. Ronda Rousey might be one and done, Matt. And Nate Diaz doesn't want to fight until Connor's back. Uh, John Jones may never may, may not fight for another year. Brock Lesnar may never come back. If I'm the UFC, I would try to get GSP because he is a proven pay-per-view draw. Yeah, and especially, let's let's be honest, Brock failed a drug test. If he did come back, there would have to be some kind of punishment and suspension. Granted, it'd probably be up, and it wouldn't be a problem because he probably won't come back for another couple of years because he knows that. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, Ronda, Ronda has to really put it down this fight because I think there's some pressure, you know. She already got beat up really bad by Holly, and then, took a long layoff and and the bottom line is 
like I took, I've taken long layoffs. And when you take a long layoffs, it takes about a round to get back in your bearings. You know, not saying she won't go out and do what and do what Ronda Rousey do, but you know, it's it's a rough spot to be in. Are you familiar with James Ellsworth, Matt? The no chin assassin. Of course. Yes, I know who James Ellsworth is. When are you going to get booked against him? Or even better, with him. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know if our styles mesh too well. I think Oh, come on. You know, I, I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his work. He he does good, but you know, I when I have a you know, a partner in crime, he has to have a strong jawline. It's just you know, I'm not gonna lie, I was dying when AJ Styles went for that chin lock and he just slipped right out. I was I love that. I thought that oh, was brilliant. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. It was amazing. I died. And then the no chin music? Yes. They've done it right with this guy. You know what I think he should be? He should end up being like Kevin Owens' personal security guard. This guy. That would be hilarious. That's what I want. Or maybe even Chris Jericho is like a callback to Ralphus back in the day. Do you remember Ralphus? I don't, but it oh, sounds he's, funny. Who's Ralphus? this fat dude. Let me see if I can pull up a picture. But he got like an ego problem. He got like a legit ego problem. Okay, here we go. Ralphus. Ralphus. Let's see here. Let me do the screen share. This is Ralphus. Oh, okay. In the ring with Chris Jericho. I remember that guy. Well, he got an ego problem, apparently. Like, he started to really think he was the shit, like, Dude. backstage. Dude, how, would you, how could you not? Look at him, bro. That's very true. How could you not? Like, he, it's like, he probably thought he was the most over guy in the business. He's like, look at me and look at you guys, and I'm still getting TV time. I realize this is going to come off crazy, Matt, but I saw a clip of you shoving your thumb up a guy's ass on Twitter today. I do that from time to time, you know, no judgments. The old oil check, and it was like a train of oil checks. It was a chain of oil checks. It was, uh, yeah, it was a 10-man oil check. Of course, I guess only nine guys got checked, but the 10th guy was at the end. But his thumb was stuck in the ninth guy's butt. And the guy who wasn't checking anybody ended up getting – it was Jushin Thunder Liger, and he ended up taking all of you all to school. Yeah, he rolled us all over the ring. It was it was quite a feat of strength. What was that experience like, and what is it like being in a match with that many people in an environment like PWG? The, there was really nothing quite like it in the sense of – the crowd and atmosphere, there was there was just – I've never been in an atmosphere like that. Like in the sense – like it's one thing we're wrestling. We're part of the show. We're there to work, you know. I have a lot of fun when I do it. But it's when the crowd really gets into the matches. and not like hecklers or anything like that. They're there to watch good wrestling, and they're like passionate about it, you know. It's hard to get that many people that are that passionate about it. And if you watch day three of Bola and if you watch that entire 10 man or five on five, 10 man tag, it was the, the crowd was just as much a part of that match as we were, you know? And it was, I almost felt like I was in another world when we did the slow-mo spot because I'm in slow-mo, all the wrestlers are in slow-mo, all 700 people are in slow-mo. 
And it legitimately blew my mind. It did. That environment is like none other I've seen in wrestling. It looks like like just the most fun ever. Like I could care less. I couldn't care less about going to wrestling events, to be honest with you. I go to the Arnold Classic. They do the the NXT shows every year. And I go up there for that because it's kind of close geographically. And if an event is close to me, I'll go. But otherwise, I can get the experience from my office or from my living room. PWG is something that I see and I'm like, I got to be there. I got to go. I have to I have to be a part of that. Yeah, PWG is – yeah, it's amazing. There, there's no – yeah. You know, I don't want to be too like, oh, my God. But, yeah, it's a good time. You know, and like they just have they have a loyal fan base. They've been working the same way for a long period of time. You know. So are you are you planning on working PWG some more? I possibly might be. I possibly might be very soon. Uh, the, I, I I'm supposed to wrestle in England right now. Like I might be wrestling in California, and it's hard to find flights from California to England. And, you know, quickly, you know, like next day wrestling, tomorrow night you're wrestling in England. It's like the time difference, they're ahead, you know? That's a good point. Like where have you, where all have you wrestled? What countries have you wrestled in so far? Just America and England? America and Canada. But I'm going to England. I'm going to England in December. I'm going to Germany soon. I'm, I'm, I'm going all over, so... It's 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 good, and uh, this this past week was a big week. You know, wrestled for Evolve, Evolve seventy yeah. and seventy one. Wrestled Chris Hero. He redeemed my. Uh, you know, I beat him last time. He beat me this time. Pile drove me like a bunch of times. It was crazy. Elbows and shit. Good Chris time. Hero was so much fun to watch. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a really good match. And then the night before, I had Ar Fox. And, you know, you can only imagine what that was like, you know, suplexes and high flying spots and submission stuff, you know, so good strike. It, it was, it was a good weekend in that sense. And then we went out to Vegas because, um, I put a fight team together with a syndicate MMA in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. And, uh, we're all going out there December 1st and, uh, we're fighting December 7th in Beijing, China at, the. Uh, I believe the MasterCard Center. It was like a Olympic, Olympic training center, Olympic, you know where they had the Olympics or something like that. It's a huge, yeah. huge venue. So that's happening in uh, December, and we took care of that. Got all the guys signed up and ready to go, and everybody looks good, and I'm stoked. And yeah, things things are just good. I just got back from Vegas this morning, so. So, so you were at you were at what Syndicate this week? You said. Yep, Syndicate, and uh, yeah, and then I, saw, I always go ahead. I always see people stopping by there, like in Vegas on Instagram. I always see it, like it did, all the time. Dude, it's a pretty world class facility. Like that, you know, that, that's the difference between like gyms in Vegas and gyms other places. Like, like one Syndicate is exceptionally well good, you know. But on top of that, there's other gyms in the area that are also extremely high level. Like Vegas is unreal. Like there's probably like 20 octagons in Vegas. You yeah, know what I'm saying like that's a shit ton of like cages just to fight. Well, when you can go to a 15,000 square foot facility, it's like you step in and you just know. 
You just know. You know it's professional. You know people are there to like spill blood. And I, I don't know how long like Roxanne Mataferi has been training there, but I remember like she was at the end of her rope. It looked like. And then I feel like as soon as she started to train at, at Syndicate, like her career turned around. So, you know, the, the plenty can be said about that. Like yeah. I remember after the Ultimate Fighter, it was looking rough for her. And then she got to a position where she was fighting for the Invicta Flyweight Championship just uh, last – or yeah, just last month she fought uh, Jennifer Maya for it and almost won it. It was a close fight. So I think – They got good trainers there. You know, they got John Wood. They got Tom Lawler. And I know they – you know, they got Norm Turner, strength and conditioning coach. They, they, they got I, – I worked I worked out there for years, you know, and then I worked out at Drysdale's, but I always came back and did strength and conditioning or other things there, you know, so. Did you, you know, and Tom they, Lawler train any pro wrestling there? We didn't. We didn't. We just, you know, kind of were like, oh, I'm a fan of you. You're a fan of me. Da, 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 da. You know, shot the shit. Nothing crazy, though. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. He was he was teaching class. Like, there's, like, a pretty decent class. There was, like, MMA and jiu-jitsu, and they're doing wrestling and stuff like that. And I was taking, like, I was doing, like, a photo shoot with all the guys, you know, getting, you know, getting promo shots and video highlight stuff, you know. You know. Fight stuff, bro. Of course, I do that all the time. I mean, you know, come on. Fly out to Vegas to take care of some, take some photos, sign some contracts, make some money. It was sweet. Oh, some contracts, huh? Yeah. Well, not, not, I didn't sign any contracts. The fighters, I had the fighters sign contracts, you know. Yes. One thing I wanted to ask you, especially after this weekend's Evolve shows, which do you prefer, like planning stuff out in advance or calling it in the ring, a mixture of both? How do you handle that? I like it both. I really do. It, it depends on what you're going for. Like if you want like a clean, smooth bop, 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 bop. Like, you, and you know, some people like to go spot, 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 and, you know, and they don't like to just do it on the fly, you know. But for the most part, you can – I like – like this is the way I like to call a match. Hey – Let's uh, start off. We'll chain wrestle each other. I'll get the better of you. You get the better of me. Back and forth. Whatever. Whoever you're wrestling, depending on their styles, and like especially with my background, it, it determines on how far I'll let them get with me on the ground and stuff like that because it's just unrealistic. But at the same time, I'll still sell for somebody and let them cut me off or, you know, it's still the game. But, you know, and I'd rather call like, okay, then you cut me off with this. And then we'll go from there. And then when you do, go to do this move, I'll counter you. Then I'll beat up you. And then when you go, for, I'll go for this, you counter this, and we'll do like a sequence. And every time, you know, we go for that sequence, it might be a couple spots in a row where I cut him off again, or maybe it's a spot where he gets back up on me, or so on and so forth. And then you, just, you escalate it till the end. What's the closest? Yeah, you mentioned you've rolled with some people. Who was the most formidable person you've rolled with in pro wrestling so far? So far, well, I, I got a buddy named Nick Camarado who, and Billy Damiano. They're both wrestlers I trained with at the Monster Factory, and they were just, like, really good. You know, like, Billy Damiano was a really good wrestler, and so was Nick, and they are just good high school wrestlers and college wrestlers. Uh, bigger name, I would say, like, Trevor Lee wasn't bad. We rolled. He asked to roll before our match, and, he, you know, he's pretty big. He's pretty strong, and... You know, he 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 kind of knew what he was doing. I'm not. I did catch him a couple times, you know, but yeah. But you know, you you could tell he had some knowledge. Like he wasn't green, you know, like a hundred percent. Like he knew what he was doing. I don't. Th- I remember one time 
Because I know there are a lot of people who don't understand the caliber. Like, of first off, untrained versus trained. Then, untrained versus okay trained. And then, untrained versus, like, UFC caliber. I remember one time I was at, a, I was at Raw – and there were a bunch of OVW guys there, trainees, not not like active wrestlers. And it was when King Mo was coming in. And one of the guys said to me, yeah, I'm going to shoot on King Mo. And I was like, yeah, buddy, you let me know how that goes. Yeah. And uh, from, what, from what I understand, the guy tried to do a – he had done his due diligence and looked up what a low single was. He tried to do an ankle pick, basically. And it didn't work out for him. I – I I wasn't surprised by that. Well, when's the last time you got taken down by a ankle pick? It's been a while since I've been taken down against my will. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's been since like probably college wrestling, and it never happened in a match. It happened like maybe in practice, but I don't think I really got picked with ankle picks is usually like maybe a blast double or something like that like and they'd like finish on the outside of the circle with their toes in the center i never won against michael kuiper right what's that oh hey michael kuiper did take me down lance benoist took me down twice as well i believe let me let me peep your ufc stats unless they deleted you oh no they they still have my stats up there I don't know, maybe Nico Sipsack took me down, but that was just exhaustion. Like, I shot any speed. Yeah. But I don't think he did, but maybe. Oh, Chris Clements, you took him down five times. I like Chris. Yeah, Chris is nice legit. Guy. He's a nice guy. It's, it's interesting. Of all the people that have had trouble with, with uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, there was something that he did that I noticed was really interesting. He did a foot sweep to Stephen Thompson and put him on his ass. And I was I was rewatching that fight uh, before Wonder Boy's last fight, and I was like, "There's no way that he just did that on the fly." And I asked him, and he was like, "Yeah, we totally scouted that. We we saw that he would load up when he turned southpaw, and he was susceptible to that." You never know where you can learn something from. So if Tyron Woodley's watching that, I mean, I would think that Wonder Boy's fixed that by now. But Chris Clement's a good guy. Gave me a good. Uh, Protein ice cream or protein pizza recipe one time. That guy, good, yeah. Chris Columbus <laughs> is a good guy. Uh, he was probably one of my most fun fights in the UFC. Like, I personally thought our fight was. It, I think it should have been fight of the night, and I got submission of the night because we went out there. Like I said, it says five takedowns. I took him down five times because I let him up five times. Yeah, you know. Then I ended up hitting a standing arm triangle in that fight. Did. You uh, get to keep that submission of the night bonus. Oh, I kept every single penny. Now you like this is the thing. I've been busted twice, uh-huh. allegedly, and I've I've never been fined. I've never been fined. They never touched my money. Really? I've never been fined by an athletic commission. I've never been fined by the UFC, but they did fire me. So, but I've never been fined. Because now what they do is they don't even give you the bonus until your drug test comes back. I think. Well, good for them. This is probably they probably started that after they fired my ass. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did. That's the Matt Riddle rule. It's the Riddle. It's like in a contract. It's like, oh. <laughs> uh, I'm looking back through these through these fights and stuff, and oh, was there a point where you were just like, "This isn't fun anymore," or did you have fun all the way through? I didn't have fun 
Like, I didn't like cutting weight, but I had fun for the most part. It was at the end of my career where I was like, like, every time I, like, made 170, it was a real, like, it was just a pain in the ass. But at the same time, the luxury of being a professional mixed martial artist is, like, you have so much downtime. You can hang out with your family. You only fight, like, three times a year. There are perks to only, like, fight, working, like, an actual, like, fight fight three times a year, you know? Because you only had to, you have only three fight weeks, so you only really work three weeks, and then you just train hard the rest of the time, which honestly, a guy like me is like, most of us are already training hard most of the time, you know? Even the guys who retire from MMA are still training something or lifting or doing something, you know what I'm saying? So, definitely. I don't know. Yeah. So, (laughs) I'm looking through your profile here. It says, favorite striking technique? I just like to throw bombs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know that, that's kind of the, my attitude for a little bit in the ufc was just go out there and just throw because that's how you get bonuses you know and then like there was a stint where i went on a two-fight losing streak but i got fight of the night twice you know yeah and it's like most people that lose two fights in a row are fuck you know fired you're done and yeah. it's like i lost two fights in a row and Got, not only did I not get fired, I they would re-sign me and pay me more each time. Why do you think that was? Because I mean, back then, back then, two or three fights in a row got you fired. Now, like four or five keeps you around. Well, maybe not now that WME IMG's around, but I think four. I think what it is is like they want exciting fights. They want exciting fights, you know. And I don't blame them. And like the thing is, like you just can't last that long, like. You know, like, you remember Paul Taylor or Paul Kelly? I do. Those guys are well, studs, right? But, like, how long yeah. did they last in the UFC? Not Like, they lasted a while, but not too long. They got a lot of bonuses. But, like, I feel like if those guys would have trained more smart instead of just going out there and throwing for wars, they would have probably, like, been better off, you know? And that's why I personally, I did that, like, for a little bit, fighting for wars. Like, I started when I fought Sean Pearson. And then after Sean yeah. Pierce and I just started fighting wars because I was like, I'll get paid more money. And then, like, the Henry Martinez fight, I went out there and fought a war, like, went and boxed with him, and his boxing was way, way better than mine. And he literally, like, I broke my hand, I, like, cut my eye, and then, like, I mean, I won the fight, but it was like, I, I could have took him down and beat the shit out of him just once. Like, and I sure. should have, you know? And then, like, I was out of commission, and then my next fight was Chris Clements, and I was, like, in my mind, I'm like, do I go for fight of the night, or do I just take him down and whoop his ass, because he's a karate guy? And we talked in the pool, I'm like, you know what, we'll stand and bang, da 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 So I went out there, and if you watch the fight, I stand and bang with him, but I take him down, and then he would literally, if you listen to it, he'd be like, I thought we were going to stand and bang. And I would let him go to the cage, let him work up, and we would back up and start trading. And I would let him up multiple times. It was like it was almost like a mutual respect thing. Like I did yeah. agree to do that, so I'm not gonna just hold him down and be a dick. But at the same time, I'm gonna keep scoring points because I don't want to lose this fight. So I had to fight smart, but still go out for a war. And I was giving him what he wanted because I was striking with him. I was giving him openings, and he was landing occasionally, but. I felt he wasn't big enough and strong enough to knock me out. Yeah. You know, just because I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a really big welterweight. Like I walk around at like oh, 215, yeah. you know, and I'm shredded. Like I don't even think I could even make 170 anymore. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty yoked up. 
I remember ahead of your Titan fight, I asked you like what you were walking around at. Cause we talked about you possibly doing pro wrestling. And I was like, well, could he, because he fought at 170, and you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm near 200 back then. And you were yeah. like, I'm in great shape at 200. Man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think that, that you fought at 170. I mean, I mean, Crazy to think that like Anthony Rumble Johnson fought at 172. It's psychotic to think that you all were able to make that way. Do you think that's the reason that especially you two were able to do that is just because of your wrestling background? Yeah, and I think it, it sucks because in amateur wrestling, there's kind of that mentality like cut the weight so you can wrestle lighter and be stronger and faster. But it's like it's it's a effective to an extent at an extent it's dangerous and not healthy you know and unfortunately because a lot of wrestlers go into mma and like and you can see the difference when somebody diets perfectly gets their weight down and they're literally just super like me at 170 sucks for anybody like i don't know if you've ever met chris clemens or seen him but like me and chris clemens next to each other if you look at the stats it's not like a good matchup for him like i'm a big strong guy you know so it's a yeah. Do you think that that they should? Well, I mean, they've started to do the early weigh ins, which I think are a good idea. What do you think about that? They they weigh you in the morning yep. and they give you a window instead of a precise time. Like before, if you were in Vegas, you had to weigh in at like whatever three thirty, four thirty on the dot. Yeah, uh, I you know personally, I thought there was more of a tradition then in the sense like there's only the one weigh in you weigh in and like. I feel like now a lot of times the guys get to weigh-ins and they're not as shredded as they should be because they've already, like, ballooned up, like, 15 pounds. Yeah. And, I mean, and, like, maybe that's just – if you look at any of my weigh-in photos, I'm, like, I'm shredded mini-wheat, you know? I'm a Julian salad. And then you see guys at the new weigh-ins and, like, they're built, they're in shape, but, like, they look bloated because, like, don't get me wrong, I'm bloated after weigh-ins because I'm literally drinking, like, a gallon of water and Gatorade and – doing everything else I can to rehydrate and refuel my body because I just depleted it for weeks. Also, there's that USADA thing too. Yeah. That's... <laughs> we, got, we have some exclusive news that just came in from the owner of the website, Jimmy Van. He's got an article that will be up soon about uh, GSP. He's been told by sources close to the situation that prior to the time that GSP's lawyer informed him that he was free a free agent, GSP's management actually believed with a fight with Anderson Silva at UFC 206 in Toronto was a done deal. Uh, Jimmy Van was even told that there was speculation the card would be moved to the larger Rogers Center to accommodate the expected demand once the GSP Silva fight was officially announced. Do you have an interest in still seeing a GSP Silva fight at this stage? I do. I do too. I, I think that's. Too. Let's be honest, that's money. Like if they do fights, like the thing is, the fight, like they're they're probably gonna do it more smart. They're like, where's all the money coming from? The big pay per views. We can do the occasional Ultimate Fighters a show, I guess. Is that? But I feel like that's not making money anymore. I feel like what's making money are the big pay per views. And if you yeah. can do like an Anderson Silva GSP or like a Fedor Emelianenkov or somebody, you will sell out a massive arena, and it will be a moment in time. You know. And, you know, I had a lot of people when this rumor had surfaced before, but uh, Jimmy Van basically confirmed it for us. They were like, well, G- uh, uh, they said Silva technically hasn't won his last five fights. Well, look back at those five fights. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At 200, he fought a guy who is undefeated as a heavyweight in Daniel Cormier. He fought Bisping and probably could have won that fight if he didn't jump out of the cage like a fool. He did beat Nick Diaz. He just tested positive for some PEDs. And then he had the two Chris Weidman fights, which he had a horrific leg injury and he got caught. He got caught slipping, basically. He got caught being a fool. Got caught and then he... The the leg injury of destiny really crippled the career for him. And I know he, I didn't think he was going to come back and be able to do anything. I didn't either. And the thing is, like, horrifying. and then he like fights, and like, it's not like people aren't leg kicking him. Like, people are fucking yeah. leg kicking. You know, like at first I was like, oh, no, you know, out of respect, people are probably just going to box with him. Nope. No, and like, he was leg kicking people. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> but he's got, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Anderson Silva's bones just break and regrow magically. Didn't turn his hip when he threw that kick either, which that's one thing you learn quick. If somebody checks your kick and you, you don't turn your hip, oh, especially when you got skinny-ass legs with like like me or Anderson Silva. Man, you pay for that quick. Uh, I just don't throw hard leg kicks unless I know it's going to land. Yeah. Yeah, do you think that, you know, people are starting to throw the front kicks either to the legs or the body a lot more? Do you think, I mean, is that something you prefer? Or do you ever throw those? They're, they're much like, higher percentage. I, I, have a, I have a lot of fancy tricks with the with the lead leg, back leg, mid-range teeps and stuff like that, you know. There's always like the straight-in teep. There's the up-and-in teep, almost like an uppercut. And then you got like a modified teep that's almost like a hook. Where you come in, come across, and pop in, you know, to get under the elbow. So there's a lot of different teep techniques, you know. And then you got teeps to the face. You got, you know, you can kick with the back of your foot, the front of your foot. You know, what people don't realize is like everybody thinks you got to hit somebody extremely hard to knock them out or hurt them bad. But like your flesh and bone, and if I whip my like 20 pound, 40 pound leg off your face, it's gonna like hurt you bad, especially if it's like my shin bone or my foot bone, you know. So yeah, I think people think you have to like kick a certain way, but if you just kick somebody anyway and kick them from different angles, you do a lot of damage. Also, more exclusive news: Hulk Hogan gets a large settlement for a botched back surgery. Oh, Jimmy Van no. was told approximately ten million from the Laser Spine Institute. Let me ask you, Matt. So this guy's gotten a hundred million for his screw tape being released. Ten million for laser spine. You letting a bunch of people watch your sex tape and screw up your spine for about one hundred and twenty-five million, Matt? How bad? Like, is he still walking? Yeah, he's walking. I have a buddy that says he sees him in the gym. Probably. Yeah, so he's still like pumping iron, baby. So like, oh well, you know, yeah. hundred million can fix yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, like if, yeah, if I can, I, yeah, that's true. Like you hit some HGH and some T, you'll probably be good, <laughs> right? Not saying, yeah. not saying Hogan's on that. He's an American icon. Hulk Hogan has uh, 
purchased a beach house in Tampa for $1.6 million next door to his other property, which is valued at $3 million. I can tell you as a guy who is shopping for a house, holy shit. Yeah. Just the upkeep shit. on those houses, because I actually drove by his houses because I was down in Tampa and Orlando and all that mm-hmm. this weekend. And, yeah, I could see his house from the bridge, and it's a monstrosity. I didn't know he bought the one next to it, too. Yeah, that's a lot. That's that is that's pretty legit. Jeez. Let's for, see, what else do we have here? More news. This back hurts though, so that kind of sucks. Yeah, that does suck. You don't want a giant house if your back hurts, unless. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's been fixed since then. But I mean, he's a giant guy, though. Isn't it weird that he didn't do a lot in the ring? He didn't bump a lot. You know, he didn't do. That. I think ring and. Matt padding and stuff like that has come a long way since Hogan's Hogan's day. And uh, I think they worked a lot more. Like we don't work the same schedule as they did. They worked like every day almost because they could work a different city every day because TV wasn't everywhere. You know, can you tell the difference? You know, there are the rings that you'll, you'll experience, especially on the independent circuit. You'll find the ones that are put together by two by fours and you'll find the ones that are put together by plywood. Uh, Do you, I that you can you can feel the difference. You you can feel the difference between a good ring and a bad ring. Like I've been on plywood rings that aren't terrible, and I've been on you know two by four rings that are good. You know, I think the big thing is the padding. You have to have a good pad, and then you have you know that's all you really need. If you have a good pad, like you're good. You can take a bump on a wrestling mat. You know, if it's a good pad, especially if it's hollow underneath. You know, and yes. then if you have a spring with it being hollow on top of that, you can probably dig a pretty good bump as long as you brace yourself. And that's a good wrestling ring. Those plywood rings are really hit or miss, too, because you get good spring off of them and stuff like that. But you also, like one of those boards can slip off. Yeah. And you never, you never know. Have you ever had to put together a ring? Did they make you do that at the oh, Monster yeah. Factory? Oh. Man, I was, dude, I was explaining it to my one buddy the other day. It's like, I had to pay my dues. Like... Mm-hmm. I, you know, I pay, you, you got to realize I fought in the UFC. I hadn't had to pay to go to a gym. Shit, like since I won states in high school, I haven't had to pay to go to a gym, basically, you know? And to have to like pay to go to a gym and then like not to be allowed to get in the ring for like two weeks, three weeks and do all that. It's like, and just like work lockups and wrist locks and hammer locks and like headlocks. And just that stuff, I'm like, it's stuff I know extremely well, and it's just like, uh. I know Danny Cage is big on paying dues. I mean, he documents it on, they do the Monster Factory uh, network thing. And, I mean, I've I've seen a lot of that stuff there. Uh, I mean, what was that? What was that like? Was it a lot of stuff that you had already known? But, I mean, what, what was the most useful things that you were being taught in training? I think, uh. Well, like, I had the athleticism, so that came pretty natural, you know, just doing the moves and stuff. I can do, like, I can do all the moves. But uh, it was just, it was, like, the selling aspect of it. And, like, not just, like, grabbing your face or doing this or being stale. It's, like, you had to show, like, a whole audience you're being hit, so you had to make everything look larger than life. Even if you're not, like, selling the hit, you got to make that look larger than life with your eyes, with your hair, with your movement of your face, the, just the look in your, you know, however, you know. So, like, it, it was just, it was mostly, like, the big thing is, like, I knew I was a good athlete. I knew I was a good fighter. 
when I started wrestling, I didn't realize how much acting went into it. And like, that's when I like really started to realize that. And then I started like, and that I feel like helps me open up. You You seem to embrace it though. It's awesome. It's the, it's the greatest just to open up and be a character in front of an audience. And even though it's, and the best part is the character is me. It's not like I'm some like crazy masked villain. Not saying there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool too. Like I would do that if I was getting paid well. But I really like being Matthew Riddle. Oh, I loved it when you went up to Regal and you said, "Where's my job, bro?" Yeah, that bro. Was perfect. Saw Regal this weekend. And I'm like, "Damn, Regal, you still haven't hired me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> You're out of your mind, bro." He give you any advice or anything like that this weekend? Uh, no. He's just very happy to see me. Can't wait to watch your wrestling match, and. uh I unfortunately I didn't see him after the match. I know he stayed and watched because he said he was, and I saw him there. But uh, I didn't see him right after the match. I was all sweaty, you know, got dried off. By the time I got back to the locker room, I don't know if he already left. And because he was there all day for the seminar too, he ran like a seminar slash tryout for the Evolve WWN, you know. Man, I bet a, a William Regal seminar. I love it when he he gets on Twitter uh, like maybe once a year, and he'll post this like. About once a year, he'll post like a six-page, just like if you're a wrestler, listen to this. And I'm glued to it. I'm like, damn, this guy, he needs to write a book first off. But Well, he's smart. He's smart. He puts that out there because he knows the people that are going to read it, you know, are there are people that care, and they're going to work their asses off and try to do what he says to do, you know, before he even sees them. You know, if he puts that out there and you want a job with them and you read that and you do it and then you see him and he's like, I've never seen this person. They're already doing everything right. Yeah. Ghetto of New Japan Pro Wrestling said in an interview with Sports Illustrated that uh, WWE wrestlers can't handle the New Japan style. He said, we are not a soap opera. We're not sports entertainment. We're not acting and dancing. We wrestle and we are wrestling. Uh, Talks about Shibata's kicks and Ishii's physicality. Do you agree with him that, that WWE wrestlers can't handle that style? Uh, some can't. Like Enzo Amore would get his tits slapped off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No disrespect. Would. But like, uh, but like, there's like, like you're telling me Big Cass couldn't hang that motherfucker seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. Like that, you <laughs> he's so big, bro. Like, like. I, like I'm a skilled mixed martial artist, and he's seven feet tall. Like I would have to do like jumping strikes to hit him. You know? You'd like kick him? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I couldn't. I could, but it, it would be just just size alone. Like they can hang. Uh, I yeah. think uh, the style is different. Like I feel like most New Japan wrestlers actually know how to wrestle. Like, sure wrestle not just think, work a headlock and wrist lock because i mean all that fancy chain wrestling stuff is cool but it doesn't work unless you can throw something else into it you know or make it your own you know because everybody's seen everybody do some nice cool looking little stuff you know i think seamus cesaro uh neville of course. All kinds of guys. Big E, they could i think they could work that style i think a lot of people in there could now there are plenty that couldn't I gotta ask you: Have you been watching Braun Strowman lately? I haven't. Well, I would say. Oh my god, this guy has been crushing jobbers 
with reckless abandon, Matt. It is fantastic. Is that yeah. what he does now? He just like he just kills jobbers. Kills jobbers, and it went from like one. There was like one guy that they're they're actually kind of funny. James Ellsworth was the first one he crushed. Yeah, I, I remember and, that. Yeah, and they had that promo. Then they had a guy named Johnny Knockout, and they said, "Why are you here?" Johnny Knockout goes, "Because I like big sweaty men," and that was it. And then they killed him. <laughs> and then they had like. Corey Hollis there, and they said, why are you here? He said, because I'm getting paid $5,000. That's why I'm here. Now it's went to three jobbers, and I swear he qualified for the 2020 shot put in the Olympics when he threw this poor son of a bitch about 30 feet from the ring to the ramp. And he's not too bad on the mic, Matt. He's pretty good. Like Strowman? Yeah, he's pretty good on the mic. And believability goes a long way because, you know, they haven't beaten him 20 times this year, but he's going to face Sami Zayn. Well worth watching on Monday Night Raw is Braun Strowman, in my opinion. All right. He also did a running drop kick to both opponents. Just jumped in the air and threw his big-ass feet at him. That's something to watch for. Goldberg caused the WWE viewership to go up. Is that surprising to you? I know you're not a big fan. Not at all. Not at all. The dude puts asses in seats. He's a draw. It's like yeah. if Bill Goldberg fought MMA, that would pack an arena. You know, Bill Goldberg is a draw. Some people he wanted to fight. He wanted to fight in Glory last year. How do you think that would have worked out? Horribly. Well, I say he did that Wayne Ludwig the other day. Yeah, I mean, it worked well for CM Punk, and he trained with Ben <laughs> Asker and Anthony Pettis and. Duke Rufus, you know, some of the best trainers in the world. Oh, I I came up for the greatest fight for CM Punk. Was that? Kimbo Slice Jr. Uh, uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Is He's he... had one fight, one or two fights. He's in Bellator. Oh, hey. I still think Kimbo Slice Jr. would box the piss out of him, but. They yeah. should do that. That's money. Called, called what is it, Sam Kaplan or Coker? I don't think Sam Kaplan's there anymore. It's Sam Coker, right? Scott Coker. Scott Coker. S. Coker. <laughs> S. Coker. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He is uh, Kimbo Slice Jr. is fighting tomorrow, by the way. Also fighting tomorrow, Bobby Lashley. Are you surprised he's still doing it at 40 years old? No, but the thing is, it's like I don't know why he's doing it. Because he's not like – it's not like he's in the top ten or he's going after a competitive title run, you know? And uh, I know why he's doing it. Money? Oh, yes. hey, you got those things? I do. That's I do. pretty that's pretty dope. Yeah, that like, way when I you announce you I can treat you don't I can treat you like Vince it. Russo, I can be like, and here's Matt Riddle. Oh hey. <laughs> right. Oh. That's what I do to him. Oh man, that's harsh. <laughs> that would that would kill that would kill my mood for the show. See, I can tell it already affected you just hypothetically. I'm not, hypothetically, I'm it affected you. I'm good. Maybe if you have some fireworks, like Matt Brittle, or like, well, we've got, or if you play got, some music, there you know, or maybe if you have regulators, they just drop the regulators uh, when I come we get, on. We get we get pulled off of YouTube. No, no, you don't do regular. You do like a remix of regulators. Oh, okay. That's what. That's what, what made you pick that song? It's one of the great songs in American history, by the way. You know, I I've came out to it in the UFC multiple times. I had a couple favorites. I like. Uh, I came out to Indigata Gavita and Regulators the most. Like, probably like eight times out of my twelve fights, I came out to that. You know, 
So it was just a song I always came out to fight, and I was like, well, and I gave I gave Gabe the choice. I was like, Indigata Gavita or Regulators, and he's like, Indig, he's like Regulators, and we couldn't do the original. We got a remix version because we can't use the original because you know they don't own the rights yeah. to it. And uh, they, it's a sweet remix, and it's dope, and it's awesome. That's the, that's just the song I've been coming out to ever since last. Last October, it's been one year since I've been coming out to Regulators. I'm a big fan of '90s West Coast rap. Yeah, it's a good time. It was, it was, it was a really good time. I knew I made the right call in marrying my wife when she likes to put the headphones on when she cleans, and I go downstairs and I hear her hear her rapping to real motherfucking G's, and I was like, I made the right call here. That's pretty gangster. I was, I was impressed. I, I didn't even. I was like, how do you even know that? It's like if I came down and my wife was cleaning, which she would be a rare occasion, <laughs> uh, and she had headphones on, she'd probably be like listening to some shitty techno music or Gwen Stefani <laughs> or country song. And I'd be like, what the? I don't get it. I'm but, not a fan of country music. I live in Kentucky and I'm subjected to a lot of it. You know, I'm not like, I listen to music, but like, I'm a fan of all genres, but like certain songs, you know? Yeah. Very picky. I mean, I I say I don't like country, but if you put Johnny Cash albums on repeat, I'm gonna like those. Yeah, you know, Burning Ring of Fire. You can't you can't hate on that, you know. Indeed. (laughs) Kawajiri demanding his UFC release, and this comes after Jose Aldo said that he wants to retire, and a lot of people have spoken up. Khabib said that if he doesn't get a title shot, he wants out. Do you think I'll ask you this? Do you think Aldo really wants out, or do you think he's posturing? They're posturing. Where are they going to go? Yeah, he said, and he straight up said he doesn't want to go to Bellator. He said that he wants to retire. And my thing is, well, if you want to retire, why are you meeting with the UFC? You can just stop fighting. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't think he really thought that one through. Yeah. But, you know, that'd be like, I want to fight, but I, you know, it should be in Kawajiri's. In Kawajiri's case, he can go to Ryzen or Road FC or somewhere like that. One, one of those. But although it's a little bit different, nobody much like GSP. Like if GSP's turning down, and this is a hypothetical number, if he's turning down six or seven million from UFC, Bellator ain't paying him that. You don't think they so? They don't have pay per view. They don't. Have yeah, pay-per-view. you're right. They don't have pay per view. But I'm telling you this. I, like I'm not gonna lie. I I'm talking to some people in China. I don't know if GSP wants to go to China. But I'm pretty sure the people I'm talking to have like a lot of money. I know ten million is a lot, but I know GSP would make ten million back wherever he fights. Who cares? I mean, that's a lot of pay per views. That's a ton of pay per views. Let me just GSP. Let me see here. Ten million dollars. No. We'll hypothetically, say that they got to get thirty bucks out of each one. That's about three hundred thirty-three thousand pay per views just to break even on his money. Now that makes me say, why the hell wasn't the UFC doing this? If it took three hundred thirty-three thousand to break even on a GSP show at ten million, now you got there's a lot more into it than that. But on his salary, I think a GSP return does a million for UFC. I don't know about anybody else, but for UFC, I think it does. I think it makes a ton of money, and I think it revitalizes mixed martial arts in Canada. I think you put a bunch of other, uh, you stack the cards in Canadian favor. 
and like a Patrick Cote comeback. I don't know if he's still under contract. Yes. Like that. Yeah. I would have Patrick Cote against go against a guy that he would be a favorite in and GSP does his Anderson Silva thing and have a plethora of Canadian talent. I don't know if Sean Pearson's under contract, maybe him. There's yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of Chris Clement, you know, Stephen Thompson. There's there's a lot of Canadian talent still, you I don't know. Think, I don't think Stephen Thompson's Canadian, is he? I'm pretty sure he is, or at least is I think so. I don't think so. Let me look. Uh, either way, I mean, they got like Valerie Letourneau. She is now. He's from South Carolina. Oh, not not yeah. quite Canada, <laughs> but they do have plenty. They they've got you know 30, I think they've got over thirty people from Canada. Yeah, sometimes in Washington, you you know you mix you know <laughs> Canada up with. South I Carolina. swear to God, a Titan FC rep told me. Years ago. Well, he's in Washington. Yeah, that makes sense. That's where I got that. The, it's from a Titan. You know, I love Titan. Our, our boy Showdown Joe does commentary for them. But, yeah. Uh, Matt, you have any bookings this weekend? Yeah, I'm wrestling the seat of the dream tomorrow. Where's that at? That's uh, for Hog Wrestling, House of Glory Wrestling in uh, New York City. I don't know if it's in Queens or Brooklyn. But it's it's in New York City. I mean, if you're there, you can yeah. take the train, sure, you no, know, or walk, bicycle, Uber, hang glide. That's risky. Maybe a drone. Vanguard one delivering people. That would be cool. That'd be legit. It would be legit. So yeah, that's the people. That's the only one I have on. Uh, for record right now. I don't know if I have another book. And I don't think so. Because originally I was supposed to go out to China right now, but they pushed mm-hmm. the fights back to December. So now I get Interesting. to So yeah. Interesting. Guys, follow Matt at RiddleTuff7 on Twitter. Follow us at Fightful Online on Twitter and Facebook. Also register for a free Fightful.com account. We've got exclusive stories nonstop. Even when there's dead periods in MMA and wrestling, we're bringing you the goods Matt, anything to tell these people before we go? No, you know, hey, thanks for listening. If you were listening, and uh, I got this sweet equipment now. Yeah, uh, people, people were asking. They're like, we can't hear Matt. We can't hear Matt. And I'm like, a, it, I'm gonna invest in other like paintings and stuff. This place is gonna be legit. <laughs> it's gonna be decked. You should get an oil painting of yourself and hang it on the wall. I was thinking that, but I was thinking about like something more like uh, you ever see Hot Tub Time Machine too? Yeah. Yeah, man over nature. Yes. So I was, you know, I was thinking something maybe like that, but I was thinking more Greek mythology, you know, man over Greek mythology. So maybe like me asserting my dominance on a female griffin or something like that. But we'll see. You know, I got some creative friends. We'll see what we can put on paper. I mean, you could do like I did. Like, let's see. Here's what I got. I have Pineapple Express mock movie poster from my wedding. That's nice. And then then a mock boxing poster. Mock posters? Well, you go to like uh, Staples or something and get them made up? There was a guy locally. Like we had our wedding at uh, an opera house where George Clooney had premiered a couple of movies. So we wanted to keep with the theme because there's a bunch of posters there. So we had those made. That's pretty cool. And somebody got me that sweet wooden state of Kentucky right there too. Hot damn. Guys, good. subscribe to our YouTube page. We got exclusive interviews. I got one up with Kendall Grove talking about uh, Michael Bisping's influence on him, things like that. 
all kinds of exclusives, more live viewing parties than any other website, period. We covered uh, Matt Riddle on Evolve last weekend. Also, David Tease covered Alaskan Fighting Championships again last night. This guy, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know, but he, he's, he's doing it. He's doing the damn thing. Okay. Even, though I say, even though I say to him, Matt, I'm like, listen, David, buddy, if you don't cover Alaskan Fighting Championships live, nobody's going to hold it against you. Hey, but he does it. Hey, we you love know, him. that's that's the commitment to the game. It is the commitment to the game. Yeah. Guys, thank you guys so much. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Buy an Altered Bro shirt and hat. You yeah, I mean, I sold a bunch. I'm getting more, I think, today or tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, but I'll probably run out in New York City. But, yeah, just hit me up. I'll put up a PayPal link. Uh, yeah. That's, that's it's a, a good problem to have. It is, it is. And I'm coming out with new designs. You know, I don't want to – no spoilers. But, you know, we got Halloween around the corner. So, maybe go a little dark. A little Halloween-ish. Bro sure. Halloween. bro Somebody said um, if you did dress up as Carrie Von Eric for Halloween, you should be the Texas Tornade Bro. The tex- Texas Tornade Bro. I like that. That works. There you go, guys. That might be. It's a little. It's been a warm October here in Pennsylvania. It's it's been really warm here too. Like it's it's eighty five outside right now. Yeah, global warming's not real, bro. Not Jesus. real. Guys, I am back tomorrow afternoon with Vince Russo, who is claiming he doesn't want to watch wrestling anymore. Go figure. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That's so sad. You know, you know, <laughs> I could say something mean, but I'm not going to. Vince is a Do nice, it! No, Vince is a nice guy. I'm not trying to stir up heat in between the company, in, in the company. I don't want to turn I'm encouraging it. I know, I know you would. You love it. But yeah. I do love it. You know, but yeah, you know, Vince, I, it's unfortunate that he's lost the love and passion for the game of professional wrestling. Yes, it is. We're going to talk to him about that tomorrow, among other things. Does he like Guys, MMA or something? Or <laughs> hell no, he doesn't like. Oh, MMA. No, he does. He's like, I hate pro wrestling. I don't like anything. He's done. I think the last fight he watched was Kimbo versus Dada. Yeah, a fight in which one man died and another man died probably months later as a result of what happened in the cage. So, Wait, did Dada really die? Did he die? Die in the cage? He died in the cage. But he came back. Oh yeah. And is he alive now? Yes. Okay. But Kimbo did pass away, unfortunately. He did pass away. I can't say with certainty it's in relation to that fight, but 50% of the people for sure died in that fight Uh, during Those are just statistics. Mm-hmm. And dude, I, I just saw this in a contract that I signed the other day, you know, because I had to fight contracts. So I was going over other contracts I've signed in the past. And I didn't realize, like, you, like, hereby sign away all your rights and waive your rights, like, if you die in the cage. I was like, I must have <laughs> yeah. skipped that part. I was like, I thought they, like, covered me. Like, if I die, they, like, pay funeral costs, but they don't. Like, they make sure they cover themselves on that. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't even read that. Yeah, you have to stuff away merch money. Yeah, dude, I was just trying to, you know, get in a cage, fight some people, and, you know, have fun. You going to fight again? No. I, I, I really don't. I just don't have the – like, I can fight. Like, I train all the time, and, like, I have fun training. Like, I have fun fighting, but I don't like cutting the weight. And, like, 
in the big picture, like when you fight somebody, you like it hinders their career when you whoop their ass. Or even if I whooped, yeah. I got my ass whooped. You know, like look at Paul Harris. He got released. He was a hot agent. And then, like, he got fired from Strikeforce or a World Series of Fighting for not releasing holds. And then he just got flurried twice. And now he's, you know, who's going to pay him? Who's going to pay him a lot of money to fight? That's very true. Now, now, granted, if you fought in China, they could very well put you up against a total just dork. Yeah. And, they, could, and they, they could put you up against me. Oh and oh, oh one and oh, oh and one. They they could, I mean, but like that's the thing. Like that's the thing, bro. Like I'm pretty sure I could probably get that match up if I wanted. Like, but I don't. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And like, and I mean, I could. I might want to fight. I don't know. Right now, I'm just not feeling it, and I really just don't want to beat up a scrub. I mean, if I'm forced <laughs> into a situation to fight somebody. I, I I'll do it. Like I even said, like I have my visa for China, and I'm going over with the fight team. And if so, like I'm training, like I'm not planning on fighting, but I got my mouthpiece in my cup, and I'm going to be helping them get ready. And I'm always in fight shape. I wrestle every week, and I train jujitsu yeah. and striking every week. So like, if somebody gets hurt or I need to replace somebody or whatnot, I'd be like, so you're saying, yeah, you know, they offer you ten grand to fight some. Oh and oh, job. If I'm in China and the money's right, I might step in the cage and represent. You know, that's what you know. But I like that. That's a that's a very pro wrestling mentality. Yeah, but always be ready. Yeah, but at the same time, I really just I don't have the desire to do it right now. You know what I'm saying? I I like what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing right now. I get to entertain every week. I get to do it every weekend, and win, lose, or draw, it's awesome. Well, you know, well, and I'd say fighting win, lose, or draw is awesome, but the fans in fighting are very harsh in the sense they are. Yeah, like, I mean, I was talking to my brother earlier today, and we were like, man, pro wrestling fans are just so much better than MMA fans. And I don't mean that mean to any guys who like MMA, but it's like they're just bloodthirsty fans. They're there for the knockout. They're there for the submission. They don't care who wins as long as somebody gets beat up. Or if somebody's like, or both men are bleeding and it's a war. And don't get me wrong, I like that too. But I also like respect each individual in the cage. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Plus, you get to talk shit for here an hour a week. Yeah, exactly. It's legit. You know, guys. I will be back tomorrow with Vince Russo. Thank you for joining us. Sign up for Fightful.com, guys. Until next time, we are out. Later. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.